What's up, crew? Welcome to the CloverTech Podcast Lounge. Got a bit of a delay here going on for some reason, so hopefully the uh, StreamYards and the YouTubes uh, hasn't cut us off or cut us short. But if they have, that's uh, that's fine, too, because we're still going to make it happen and get it done. I think this is episode 114, uh, at least as far as I know the numbering system. And uh, welcome if you're in replay, especially because notifications have to go out. People have to get notified and all that fun stuff over on the YouTube side of things. And uh, if you're in replay, well, heck, you're probably already hearing this. So welcome. And remember, you can always participate in the conversation wherever you're watching, listening. There's probably uh, a comment section down below. So hit that up. Uh, If you do jump in out there in the live chat then uh, yeah make sure you let us know that you're that you're here so uh matter of record always like to run through this and sometimes i forget march 29th of 2021 so it will be the last lounge of march uh go ahead and put it out there too that i doubt very seriously on april what is it the 12th i doubt very seriously that there will be a lounge that weekend, we have the Wanamaker Tulsa Arms Show. Be headed uh, up that way probably the Friday before. So what day is that? Just so in case anybody out there wants to go. Uh, yeah, the show is the 9th and the, the, 9th and the 10th, the 10th and the 11th. Pardon me. Uh, that show, Wanamaker Tulsa Arms Show, largest gun show in the world, is the 10th and the 11th. So we'll be headed that way on the 9th, on the 12th. Eh, may or may not be back from there. Uh, likely we'll be on the road. So. Uh, don't look for it on the 12th is what I'm saying. Uh, unless you, yeah, unless you see it. So yeah, let's kick things off and I guess jump into, uh, jump down to rabbit holes, whatever 45 ACP Papa is out that way. Tara, I see he's jumping in too. Remember, uh, yeah, participate out there in the chat. That's what it's all about. Got, uh, Nebraska gun freak is with me this week. Kind of getting his feet wet with the uh, whole live thing and all of that. How are you, Freak? Oh, not bad at all. Been uh, pretty nice out, so I got out to the range this weekend. Pretty much just been hanging out at home. That ghost jumping in out there. What's up, ghost? Um, about how often do you do you get to go out to the range? Pretty regular? Oh, yeah, I usually, I usually try to go at least at least once every weekend if not twice um so sometimes three times if i get lucky right when the range you go to is it indoor outdoor um i actually i got three outdoor ranges i can really choose from to go to i just i've been on a what a waiting list for probably three years to get into probably the nicest one we have around and I just got in last week. Wow. So, yep, now I got three options to choose from. Before it was just a little smaller one. And then uh, a buddy I actually went to high school with, his dad has some some river ground. He set up a range right. down there. So that's where I was going before pretty much. Right. Uh, Mr. F&H out there says, what up, good nation? How are you, bro? Um, yeah, I go, you know, usually at least, I guess every other, every other weekend at the very least, um, 
I'm up at what I always say is my local gun shop. Um, I'm blessed as far as the range. I mean, anything out to about 75 yards I've got here at the house. And then I can go probably about 300. Got some land, uh, family land just down the road, maybe a couple of miles. And I can get out to, you know, roughly about 300 out there. Do some shotgunning and other things out there, too. Um, you know, if I want to. So, you know, heck, I haven't been I haven't been a member of a range in, in some time. Now that all that said, uh, for bad bad everybody out there that's not aware, been dropping uh, content here on the channel from the 2021 Shooting Sports Showcase, which is from uh, that happened a couple weeks ago now uh, over in Alabama at the CMP Talladega Marksmanship Park. Phenomenal range. Uh, the last video in that series will probably drop tomorrow. I'm guessing so I'll be looking for that. Uh, and it's actually, I'm talking about the range. And uh, that's an amazing range. You'll get to see some pictures, uh, some footage from that. Uh, kind of see how things are set up there. Uh, so, you know, but yeah, I got to thinking about it because, of course, I edited that video, got everything done. And I got to thinking, man, there's a few really cool ranges around here that I've often owned. I have been a member of, and I thought, man, I, I need to get in touch with those folks and kind of do similar videos, maybe with uh, with those ranges. Because one of the one of the cool things, I mean, first of all, it's nice to see, um, you know, I guess I don't want to necessarily say for the promotion aspect of it, but for awareness' sake, because you've got Google and the algorithms and everything else. And if somebody types in, you know, shooting range that Google knows basically where they're at and, you know, could that video pop up, right? If it's in some place close to them or something like that, the, the range you're talking about. So uh, can't give somebody kind of an idea. Um, but uh, also I think it, it would just be fun. Uh, and I can think of, of two or three ranges. So I need to get out and, Guess what I'm saying? Long story short, even though I am blessed to not have to do that, uh, for the most part, uh, maybe I should uh, maybe I should reach out to some folks and go experience time on other ranges. My my days in in youth shooting sports, I visited a ton of different ranges. Uh, however, I hadn't really you know been that involved in that in several years now. So. Uh, kind of limited with going to these different ranges and you know one thing that you can learn is maybe get some ideas for your own range right your home range uh if you're out there you watch these videos and you think man i like the way these targets are these benches are or this you know the shooting the covered area is or whatever it might be could give people some ideas for range improvements as well yeah i'm hoping me and my wife we've been looking at houses to buy and around here it's hard the uh, price of land around here is just ridiculous, but I'm hoping someday I, I'll have my own spot. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, what I like about uh, having all these options for range, though, is I've just met I've met so many cool people. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, I just seriously got into guns probably about a year ago. Ah, OK. I mean, I'd I'd always had like, you know, a handgun in the house or a shotgun. But in the last year, the, the amount of, of people that I've met that have taught me so much, it's I've been pretty grateful about that. So, 
Nice. And you know, that's, you know, you're talking about, you know, kicking off the channel, doing some podcasts, maybe doing some videos and some other things. And, and I think there's a lot of room right now for the folks that are kind of new to it, that haven't been into it, you know, that long. I see a lot of different channels out there that are fairly young channels that haven't been around, but you know, a year, less than a year, even uh, a regular gun guy comes to mind. Cash EDC comes to mind and you know, those, those guys are crushing it. So, you know, might be a, a good, it might be a good time right now, I guess is what I'm saying to, you'll start turning on that camera as a fairly new firearm owner uh, and cranking out some content. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just the amount of uh, growth I've seen in channels from a year to now is, is crazy on some of these channels. They've definitely grown yep. a ton. Yep. Um, Swamp dog out there. Alan is in the house. Alan says home, home on the range. Uh, I guarantee you got a few uh, different topics out there different questions um so papa's got one out there uh, for you freak he says uh what do you do for winter shooting in nebraska man up or go inside hmm. yeah pretty much just got a man up i don't have the closest indoor range to me is three hours away so pretty much just man up bundle up mm -hmm. i went out i went out a couple times in the snow this year i mean I, I usually still try to make it out at least once a week, even if it's pretty cold out. Right. So, uh, G Web's jumping in out there. G Web says the audacity to cork the polite society podcast. It does not count as a cork. I was here first. So, uh, G Web knows that he's just picking. But yeah, we're episode 114. And if you followed the channel long enough, you know that I've been doing a Monday show much, much longer than 114 episodes. Um, so, yeah, it started life on YouTube, moved to Instagram, moved back to YouTube. Uh, and, yeah, Polite Society has not been, I don't think, doing theirs that that long. Um, we've got uh, Swap Dog out there says, I've never been to a range. Just going off into the country now. I have my own spot in the country. Thankfully, I'm looking to build a range for the channel. Uh, yeah, if you've got land, great way to go for sure. Uh, he also says, uh, any of y'all going to the Gunmakers match in June? I am not. Uh, is that something you, um, you were, you, you were talking about a match, weren't you? Um, in June, let's see, I got, there's a zombie shoot that, uh, that they hold in. I think Ben Stoger puts it on in Grand Island. Mm -hmm. Maybe he doesn't put it on, but I know he's usually out there. Right. And then. Let's see. I think the area three match is in July, but no, I haven't, I haven't heard of the one that he's talking gotcha. about. Yeah. Grand Island is where the 4-H nationals are every year. So I'm definitely familiar with that. Yeah. Uh, Mr. FNH out there is talking to ghost, but he said he ordered to do SIG. 365X on Friday, selling his, uh, going to sell his shield, 9mm, replacing it. Look forward to trying it out. Um, yeah, you know, I, I talked about Danny jumping in the chat out there. What's up, Danny? Uh, we all talked about, I, I went to the local gun shop this last weekend. Uh, paid off my tab, which is wonderful to always get that done. There wasn't anything there that 
tickled my fancy. Uh, most folks know I'm an opportunistic buyer, and I did just really didn't see any opportunity in there. Uh, push come to shove, there were a couple of Mausers that uh, I was thinking about, but uh, you know, I really got to think about it, and I thought, well, with the um, Watermaker Tulsa Arm Show coming up in a couple of weeks, let's let's kind of save some funding because you never know what you're going to find at that show. You can often find some. Uh, some really good stuff. Uh, but what I was going to say is what's interesting is, you know, just the market. I mean, it's hard to find anything right now. And they had a, uh, SIG 365. It, I don't give it a lie, whether it was the X or XL or the, even the regular one. I do not remember. I know they had a Taurus G3 in there. They had a Springfield, not the Hellcat, but one of the, smaller xd i think the xd defender is what they call it um they had one of the uh the smaller more compact uh what am i thinking canics in there trying to think of the other stuff they had good lord they had several like you know concealed carry handguns in there so i was like man who did uh yeah who did you have to uh kiss or whatever you know to get all get your hands on all of these it was it was pretty crazy now whether or not they were there by the time the day was over uh who exactly. knows but <laughs> at least at least there was it was good to see some stuff in there you know that's how my local shop is for months it seems like they weren't barely getting any handguns in at all and then mm -hmm. i think in the last week they got uh probably two or three glocks they got they had four of the M and P EZs in nine, uh -huh. and the day they got those in, I think by the next day I went in there about one o'clock and three of them were gone. Yeah, yep. <clears throat> and then got a couple three sixty fives. They had they they did get a uh, the plus the shield plus. Uh -huh. I think it was only in their day. But I mean, my my gun shop has they are having a hard time right now getting anything. Right. Yeah. Anything. Yeah, the small ones, man, are it's tough. And, and most people, you know, may not be aware that you know small gun shops, uh, big box stores are way different. And the small shops a lot of times have to go do through distributors. They got to go through a middleman a lot of times, and you know that's why you typically see higher prices with your smaller gun shops. It's not because that they make any larger of a percent or anything like that. A lot of times they make even less than a big box store, but they've got to go through those distributors, which is a jacked up system. Uh, I don't like it. Now, uh, Samuel's mommy is out there. And then we've got G webs up there. He says the Florida makers matches the 3d printed gun and uh, 80 percenters. Uh, okay. I'm familiar with what you're talking about now with that makers match. So yeah, definitely not. I'm not into, uh, 80 percenters, uh, have really never been into 80 percenters. It's not my cup of tea, quite honestly. Um, uh, hmm. and then with 3d, man, I've all but got a, uh, I've all but got a 3D printer on the way. I've pretty much decided what I want. Uh, I've just, I, I'm, I'm waiting on like the deal of the century on it more than anything. Yeah. My wife's been asking for a free, uh, 3D printer for a while. She just started a little, little t-shirt business and she makes tups and yeah, she's been begging for a 3D printer. Right. But I, mean, uh, I figured if I got one, I could probably do 
you know, do some stuff with it too. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, all kinds of things. I'm always tinkering and making something, so it'll be kind of cool. Um, we had a couple things out here. Uh, Papa out there saying saving his money for Wanamaker. Yeah, no doubt. I'm with you. I'm with you there, bro, for sure. Uh, and then let's see, let's hit on this one. This one is kind of interesting. We've got um, Samuel's mommy says uh, that uh, she wants to get an LTC, but been hearing a lot of uh, people being treated like a criminal if they get pulled over in their vehicle. Have you heard of or experienced this? Um, so. I've got directly the opposite experience. And I know G webs is saying he's never heard of anything like that. Um, I've never heard. I've seen some stories from other States and what have you, um, you know, people get on the internet and rant and whatever. And if it's on the internet, it's gotta be true. Right. So yeah, take that all with a grain of salt is, is my advice on that. But um, as far as people I've talked to personally, that have a license to carry. Uh, that have gotten pulled over, I, you know, I know people that have gotten out of tickets and I know people that have sat on the side of the road and talked to the law enforcement officer for about guns for 30 minutes. Um, I got pulled over one time. It was, it was really interesting. I, I tell, you know, I tell a couple of stories, I guess, but one comes to mind that I got pulled over one time was coming back from a friend of mine's house. This was before I did the YouTube thing. And I had probably, Oh, I, well, let's just say if I had one firearm in the, in the pickup, I had 12, 18, 20, who knows, uh, but more than one, less than a hundred. Let's say that. Um, and so I get pulled over and it's a seatbelt was the reason I got pulled over, which they can do that here in Texas, which is stupid. It's not a tack on thing. They can literally pull you over and go, Oh, you wouldn't wear your seatbelt. Even if you were wearing your seatbelt, right. And they just thought you weren't which I've had that happen, but that's a rant for a different evening. Um, but anyway, it was a seatbelt thing, uh, got pulled over. And what was really crazy is I'm friends with most, of uh, uh, at that time I do a lot more of them. Let me put it to you that way. Not quite as plugged in now, uh, but knew most every law enforcement officer, uh, in the County and in the bordering counties at that time. And so when I seen the lights flash when I passed him, because I kind of passed him on a curve, um, I thought that it was somebody I knew and they just wanted to chat, they had a question, who knows, right? And so I make the curve and do all this other stuff and pull over and I swear I'm waiting there for like, because this is a very, just a two lane road, two lane country road, right? And so I get pulled over and I swear I had to wait five minutes and then here he comes, you know. Uh, and he gets out and it's not anybody I know. It's a new guy. It's a young buck. And I'm like, oh, this is going to suck, you know. And uh, anyway, so he comes up and he, I, I hand him my license and I hand him my concealed carry. I hand him my insurance. I hand him all this stuff. And uh, he says, uh, you know, I can see him looking, you know, in the back. He sees all the guns. He's not missing this. And so. I'm like, uh, of course, it's it's not a big deal. And um, he said, uh, usually, right? And so I want to do anything illegal. And he says, uh, I, you mind stepping to the you know back of the vehicle? And I'm like, sure. And so I get out, walk to the back of the vehicle. And he goes, uh, he goes, how many firearms do you have in there? And, or weapons? He said weapons. So how many weapons do you have in there? And I said, well... First of all, I said, I'm not, not being smart, Alec. I said, but first of all, what are you considering weapons? And he says, guns. And I'm like, I 
a dozen, 15. I said, I don't know. He's like, good God. And I'm like, I'm coming back from a buddy's house. We, you know, he's got a range. We shoot and having fun, whatever. We're like, nothing in there is loaded. You know, uh, everything's got chamber flags and the bolts opener. They're in a case or, you know, whatever it might be. It's like, hey, nothing's loaded. I said, except for the ones I got on me. And he's like, own you. And I'm like, yeah. It's like, is that a problem? You've got my license to carry. Uh, hey, anyway, he looked at it and he goes, Oh no, I guess as long as you don't reach for it. And I'm like, well, I, you know, you're a law enforcement officer, unless you're planning on robbing me. I don't know why I would reach for it. You know, anyway, so we had a laugh and we stood there and talked. This guy was not a, like I said, he was a younger, um, Texas highway patrol, younger fella. It just started a few weeks prior. Um, and he said, I had my high point car mean in the front seat. And he said, what's that? What's that AR-15 in your front seat? I'm like, what? And it's like that, that AR-15 in your front seat. He said, what, what kind of AR-15 is that? I'm like, uh, dude, that's a high point. He's like, a what? <laughs> so anyway, we sit there on the side of the road, I kid you not. And I, I went through like every single firearm in the truck. He had to see it. Not like. I want to see it because I'm going to confiscate it or anything crazy. He like was curious, right? He was like all impressed that he pulled somebody over that had that many guns in the vehicle or something, you know? And it was like, he was all excited to see all of these cool guns. And so he was like, what is that? What's in there? Oh man, what's that? How's that shoot? You know? And, uh, like I said, his education level, he was into it. You could tell he was kind of into guns, but he wasn't really like a, a connoisseur or anything like that. You know what I mean? And so it was a very interesting, that's a very interesting story I like to tell, but uh, no, I've heard of many people, like I said, that you give them that license to carry, you give them everything else. They come back and they, they give you a warning or you go on your way. Uh, I've heard that. I don't know how many times. So I would not be, uh, I would not be hesitant about, about doing it. Um, and honestly, I mean, now's the time you've got, um, You've got lower class requirements in Texas to get it done. You've got a lower cost to get it done and all of that good stuff. And if you need help navigating that process, because I know Samuel's mommy is in Texas, uh, you know, shoot me an email or whatever, uh, clovertag.gmail.com, and uh, I'll try to help you out. And depending on your area, maybe suggest some people you can go and and um, take the course from and that, and that kind of stuff, because I do know quite a few people across the state that do it. Um, now, with that said, we've got legislation in Texas for um, for carrying without a license. That's going through. But here's the thing. Um, even if that passes, there will be um, certain places that you can legally carry with license to carry that you still won't be able to, even if that passes. And in Texas, currently anyway, uh, the license to carry allows you to bypass the uh, Nick's background check when you purchase. So you got to fill out the 4473. You got to fill out the paperwork and do all that jazz. But um, since you've been already been vetted by the state, you're good to go. Uh, Warsaw Patriot jumps in. Don't know what happened, but he retracted a uh, retracted a statement. No telling what's going on. Uh, he says uh, he says who's the new guy. So we're gonna let the new guy talk here in a minute. Um, G Web says not all police are comfortable but they know you aren't a criminal. Um, yeah. If you've got a license to carry, uh, yeah. I mean, why would they, why would they freak out? I mean, the law enforcement officers I know are like, 
we we would love to see that <laughs> right freak um, i mean yeah both. that's what i was gonna say uh usually usually you get pulled over and you got you know you show them your card they're gonna know all right i'm not messing with some you know criminal or mm-hmm. yep or, or even or even a shady person right exactly yep yeah yeah <clears throat> um now i do not actually have my conceal my wife does i've taken the class i just haven't went and got it i don't know i've I mean, not gonna lie, I've carried for the last two years without one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I know quite a few of the cops in my town. They know I have guns. Uh, a couple of them I went to school with. They they know. Back in my younger days, it was a little different. But now they they know I've kind of grown up, and they know what I do. So, All right, All right, yeah. G Webs out there is echoing. So one time he got pulled over, and it took twenty minutes because they were. BSing about guns. It can happen. It can right. happen. Now with Tara, uh, it, it, it also depends on where you live, right? Uh, and that can, you know, mileage can vary, but uh, Tara says in Texas, uh, the state troopers, uh, the compliment <laughs> her 1911, uh, or, or give her hell uh, for not having it. Uh, HPD, I'm guessing Houston. PD personal vehicle disassembled it and left it on the hood. So that's interesting. I always, um, I usually give them the option. Um, you know, if they, if they look or feel uncomfortable, you can usually read the situation. And so you hand them that you get out. And then if they ever ask if I've got one on me, um, the answer to that is usually duh, but I mean, in a more compliant, more nice way, but, um, and then I usually follow that up about, you know, would, you know, do you want to disarm me temporarily or whatever? Most of the time, they say what that guy does is they're like, hey, just, you know, don't make any sudden movements or, or get crazy. And I'm like, well, don't give me a reason, right? <laughs> it's pretty much that simple. Yeah, and I had actually had a time where I caught somebody out in my backyard. And so, obviously, I mean, I usually have a a gun on me or pretty close but the cop the cop had came to my house and uh yeah i wasn't i wasn't thinking but it was kind of sticking out of my hoodie pocket i kind of forgot that i even had it on me by the time he got there yeah um he's like uh what are you carrying you know and i mean it was just conversation starter kind of he's like oh yeah. yeah i got the same gun and it yeah a lot of times it's just it's what am I trying to say? Uh, the cop, if, if the cop knows you're carrying a gun, you know, right? They carry a gun also, so you got something to uh, talk about. All right now, That's Pop out there, he says the only time he's ever heard of anybody getting hassled is because they had a carry permit and they were not carrying, and I've heard that too. Uh, I've actually had that before, um, where you know it's tied here, it's tied to your to your light, to your driver's license. So they, they kind of know that, um, you know, automatically. Uh, and, you know, he was like, you know, I'd already handed it to him and everything. And he's like, are you carrying it? And I'm like, um, no, not actually not today. Like there's, there's yeah, no. And he's like, why not? <laughs> and I'm like, that's a good question. <laughs> it's like, I didn't feel like I had the need. And I talk about all that all the time. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, you know, carry every day, carry off and, you know, whatever. But, you know, also I respect people, people's to make their own decisions on things too, because, you know, 
with my day-to-day life and day-to-day travels, um, the odds of me needing a me ever needing a firearm or now don't get me wrong, if I ever needed them, I'm going to be totally freaking screwed. Even though those odds are astronomical that I would ever need it. Uh, yes, I, I don't mind one bit conceding to the fact that if I don't have it, I'm totally screwed. Um, but that's risk assessment. And so I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with people that don't, don't carry every day. I kind of, I kind of get that. Uh, Biker Bob out there in the chat, jumping in. Uh, same as mommy says, great. Uh, thank you. You convinced me. So, well, good. That's what we're here for. We're here to convince people of stuff. That's all her whole purpose. We want to. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. That's not true. But I, hopefully, we'd give you some information that made you comfortable anyway with making that decision. Um, Swap Dog Armory out there says, even though we have constitutional carry in Mississippi, he said he's working on getting an enhanced carry for the reasons you mentioned. Uh, but in Mississippi, the enhanced permit allows you to carry in more places. Uh, yeah, Texas does not have that. Now, there's some legislation proposed that would increase um, that would increase the number of places that we would be able to carry with a license to carry, but We've never been set up with that regular enhanced system. It's been kind of an all or nothing here. Uh, but, I mean, it has its perks. It has, I think Alan up there mentioned it. He said people would see uh, CCW permits commit less crimes than cops. Yeah, probably so. Um, and then uh, Alan also says license to carry privilege. And it, it is. I mean, it gives you certain privileges. There's, there's, some, um, there's some data to suggest that at least in Texas, I can't speak to other states, right? Um, there's some data to suggest that having license to carry in Texas, if you are ever involved in an altercation, um, whether it be whether circumstances uh, you're affected by circumstances that are criminal or uh, civil, let's say you're in some kind of a weird anti-gun jurisdiction let's say houston let's say austin right uh and you've done everything by the book and you are a license to carry holder that does hold weight it does hold some, some weight when it comes to the state uh and you know being able to get people to testify on your behalf and some other things uh like i said criminal or even in a civil issue and a civil issue is one of the big ones across the country uh if you're carrying uh, really need to be mindful of that that just because you are legally speaking in the right um, does not mean somebody can, so I can sue anybody out there in the chat tomorrow for pretty much anything I can think of to sue them for. Doesn't mean I'm going to win, but I could certainly sue you. And so that's, uh, unfortunately, that's the name of the game and just in today's, today's society. Well, and you know, I was thinking about this the other day with all these shootings going on. Uh, how different do you think the, I don't know. Okay. So I don't know the percentage. I need to look the number up of people that have a, you know, concealed carry that carry. It's small, but yeah. But just think of how different everything would be. If say even 30 to 50% of people. Yeah. Would, would do it. No, I would, I agree. If we got up into in a higher percentage, I think it would change a little bit. But I think we're looking at a few different reasons. I don't know what all the message retractions are going on out there. Hopefully, that's not the uh, uh, 
YouTube algorithms messing with my peeps out there in the chat. Uh, Artak and Daughters, I see, is uh, is jumping in. Uh, he said that their CCW driver's license use the same number. Hopefully, uh, our house will pass the Senate bill for open carry. Nice. So, um, what are we talking about? Oh, the number of people carried, right? So, here's a here's an issue with that is that to carry every day, uh, it's got it's a certain mindset. You've certainly got to have enough competency and competence for sure to do it. And even though you might have you might have somebody that is the most staunch, liberty-loving, pro-Second Amendment supporter, um, they just don't feel up to it, uh, to doing that. They don't feel comfortable doing it. Um, now, take that because that is an extreme, right? Now take that and extrapolate that out into the general populace, right? And I think you see why the numbers are actually fairly small. Uh, I agree with you. I wish they were higher. Um, but I don't know until we can get people more, like I said, more comfortable, competent, uh, and confident with their with their firearms. Um, I don't know that we I don't know that we change that dynamic any. That being said. Uh, and your testament to this, I guess, in a way, because you know you're you're fairly new to the game, but we've taken over a whole lot of people in the last in the yeah. last year too in the community. Yeah, and yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. It just it really irritates me when they think, oh yeah, let's make it harder for for law-abiding people to get guns, when in reality, I think they should be promoting people to carry you know carry guns uh right i i think it's more of a what is uh mental health crisis than a you know anything else Mm -hmm. you know if they could get the mental health crisis we have under control and if more people did carry weapons i feel like i feel like that would that would change a lot of a lot of these shootings the outcome of them right you know, well, I mean, the, the mental health system in this country, I've talked about that a bunch of different times. It's an absolute joke. <clears throat> and this is coming from somebody that lives, you know, 20 minutes down the road. I don't know from, you know, state run mental health facility. Uh, what a few in the country, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, once upon a time, they were asylums and those places, people went there and spent the rest of their life drugged or weird experiments performed on them or whatever. I mean, it was a bad situation even back then. Uh, I don't think uh, in the history of this country ever, you know, we've addressed mental health and everything correctly. And then since the whole, since the, the government, the state basically has pulled out of it at this point, all but pulled out of it. Very, very few state run mental health facilities anymore compared to what there used to be. Um, you know, I think that not only did you have that, is which is less stuff available to people, but that happened, and then insurance companies started pulling back on that, right? That's not your mental health, apparently, is not a part of your overall health. We all know that it's not the case. We all know that your, your mental health affects you uh, in numerous ways. It affects weight gain, which can affect blood pressure, which can, you know, all kinds of things can happen uh, from from mental issues, from stress, whatever it might be. And then, um, 
And it also, you've got, um, like I said, not being able to go get the help because financially you're not able to afford it because you pay out the wazoo for insurance that doesn't cover it. But then you've got the stigma associated. So you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, I might need help or whatever. Um, and then you know, financially, I can't do it. And even if I come up with the money, look at the stigma that's going to be associated with me. Right. And it's mm-hmm. like, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a system that is designed to fail. It's designed to fail us. And so that's what I like about uh, Walk the Talk America, uh, some of these other voluntary type programs. Uh, that's what I like. Just with you mentioned going to these ranges uh, and the people at these ranges. And, you know, I'll say this, that the, the fire community as a whole um, is the most welcoming, helpful people um, that you could ever deal with. And I'm sure there's other niches. I'm sure there's the Jeep community guys, the off-road community guys, there's other, uh, pockets of other things going on, but I'm telling you, no matter where I've traveled for a competition or traveled for a show or whatever it might be, I run into the, the most absolute amazing people. I see people loaning their dollars $1,500, $3,000 firearms sometimes in competition because somebody in their squad um, has had a problem, you know, and they have no problem saying here with, you know, it's a prized possession, you know, and they're like, here, I've seen people just give ammo away. I mean, I don't know that that would happen in this right now today, but in the past, anyway, I've seen it happen to where it's like, you know, they get there and somebody's forgotten their ammo, or maybe they bought a different kind of ammo, not thinking, or, you know, whatever the case may be, uh, or, Maybe they made it further in the competition than they thought they were going to, you know, had planned on on making, and they run out of ammo. That happens too. And, you know, I've seen people, you know, here, here's a box or whatever. Not, I'll sell this to you, but just here, go get it done, finish the match, you know. Um, It's amazing. uh, My my first competition I went to was last summer, and uh, I took a Glock 17 with me to shoot. And so we shot the match, whatever. Well, there was enough people there. They wanted to do a little, just a one stage, little three gun match. And I was, you know, I wasn't going to do it. I, I, it was my first competition, whatever. Well, these guys had actually talked me into doing it. They're, you know, they're handing me $3,000 shotguns, you know, right. uh, a box of ammo. Here you go. Here, here. I got an extra, I got an extra rig set up, you know, uh, three thousand dollar ars just shoot it i was like well i mean i can give you some money for the ammo would it no just go have fun be safe i mean right i i can't believe the the people i i tell my wife this all the time you know like the the all the new friends i hang out with a totally different crowd in the last year than i did before and just right. the things that they've done for me and taught me yeah and so, and one And one thing about that, this was my point on bringing that up, is that if you're somebody that, you know, there's there's so much of that going on where people are paying attention to other people and they seem to genuinely care about other people that it that if you see somebody that looks like they're going through a tough time or having a problem. Right. Um, We've got a lot of generous people that if nothing else can lend an ear and just say, hey, you know, everything okay, bro. You know, need to talk to somebody, you know, and, and quite honestly, 
when it comes to mental health issues, that just having somebody to talk to can eliminate a whole lot of trouble. People just want to be heard, right? And they snap because a lot of times because they can't vent, right? They can't be heard for whatever reason. Um, or they don't feel like they're being heard, right? Let me let me let me change that up because yeah. there is a difference. There is a difference between sitting there and somebody talking to you, and you actually listening to that person and acknowledging what they're saying, right? There, there's it's two different things. And so, if they, you know, if they're able to vent, if they're able to get things off your your chest, then they feel that oh, he heard me, you know, he he's got it. Then. A lot of times that's frustration, stress, that's a load off for them, right? And so you don't have this situation to where it continually builds and builds and builds into the point that, you know, they have to get that out somehow, you know, and it goes beyond the fray and they do it in some horrible, unthinkable way, right? Yeah, I can I couldn't agree more. Exactly. Now, um, Alan says the government knows the problem, that'll solve it, but they profit more off ignoring it. I would not disagree with that point one single bit. That pretty much applies. He says the problem we're talking about, we were talking about some mental health issues there, but honestly, the government pretty much knows the problem with anything that we face, uh, and they choose to ignore it, unfortunately. Papa says the same thing. He says politicians don't want to solve problems because it's not good for the political future. Um yeah, I mean, it's more advantageous to be able to run for office based on I'm going to fix this and I'm going to fix that than run for office saying I fixed I fixed this 10 years ago and I fixed that 10 years ago. And here's why. It's a societal problem, right? I'm not I'm definitely not taking blame off the politicians for this, but it's a societal problem in that we're we're very quick to forget. And if we would stop doing that, if we would slow down this whole idea of the society being ADD or whatever, um, remember our past, remember our history, remember what happened, um, then politicians could run based on that because we would remember. But because people are so short-sighted, if the politician never actually fixes the problem, right, then that's a current events thing that we have this problem that they can run on. Right. And so three terms in, they can't say, oh, whatever, three terms, six years, whatever it is for for Congress. Um, They say, hey, you know, six years ago, you know, 12 years ago, I passed so and so and fixed this. Nobody cares. Nobody remembers that. So um, are we partially blamed? I think so. Um, DJ out in the house. What's up, DJ? So take a quick minute. It's scrolling at the bottom of the screen because we're a little over 40 minutes in. It has went fast tonight. I blame I blame Freak for that because this is his first time on and uh, uh, that's what happens a lot of time. But also blame the chat because great conversation and Axel Sam- Samuel's mommy, I think, kicked this one off for the most part uh, and sent us down this rabbit hole talking about uh, getting that license to carry. But real quick, just a shout out and thanks to the Patreon folks and the YouTube channel members because they are freaking amazing. Uh, if you see a blue name with a wrench, uh, that is most likely uh, a Patreon patron. If you see a green name out there, that is a YouTube channel member. And if you see uh, a blue name with a wrench and as in DJ Playdice's case, the Yellow Moon or any of the other Lucky Charms beside their name, uh, then they're both 
which is crazy. Uh, a uh, Patreon patron and a YouTube channel member. So thanks to to all of those. Uh, I got a um, dash cam coming. It's going to be interesting to uh, when I travel for these events and stuff, be able to get maybe some some driving footage and stuff like that uh, for some B-roll. I think that could be uh, an interesting dynamic. And I actually had a viewer out there, uh, Mr. Sharpshooter, hasn't seen him in the chat tonight, that uh, uh, was talking about it. Wes out there had uh, recommended a really good camera and uh, a really good dash cam. And, uh, yeah, all you guys made that happen, and uh, I do appreciate it. Uh, Swamp Dog says he's got to run. Thanks for jumping in. Appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, DJ is, uh, freak is from Nebraska. So he says, uh, another new brass gun in the house. So Omaha checking in. What's up, freak? So, I think, I think Nebraska is kind of taking over. I met a lot of people, uh, from Nebraska on YouTube. Oh, uh, there is, uh, man, there is a, ton and rightfully so there's a ton from texas um uh, you know, as you get rolling you'll figure out that real quick and i'm gonna tell you right now california um talk all the smack you want about california and whatever i mean make no mistake uh it's the heavily populated urban areas that control and dictate what goes on in that state uh there is a ton of great people great freedom loving liberty-minded people in california uh and you get online you'll figure that out Real quick, uh, I can't tell you the number of people that I know on here from California. But there's three of us, three in here right now. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kojo in the house, defense dad, defense dad. Yeah, he is another uh, another Husker out there. So, uh, yeah, they're calling in the, the Nebraska troops. I'm not sure what's going on. Now if only, now if only Travis P11 could show up and Sand Hill shooter and, uh, Stan from SS pond, it would be, uh, yeah, I would pretty much have it, uh, have the, the market cornered as far as, uh, as far as Nebraska. Ah, goodness. So was, um, yeah, I was talking earlier about um, talking earlier about ranges um, and stuff like that. And you mentioned you'd mentioned that zombie shoot. Um, I talked to I did two seasons. I did a podcast for two seasons, and I'll be honest with you, COVID is what put the kibosh on season three happening, and it doesn't look like we're going to be able to pick back up this year either, probably. But where I talked with and the archives are still out there for anybody that's listening in replay or live that's not aware of this. The archives are still out there. Everything is in a playlist uh, for season one and season two of the Next Generation podcast. And it's pretty amazing because I had I would bring on youth shooting sports kiddos uh, or sometimes former youth shooting sports uh, competitors. For example, uh, Gabby Franco, uh, for those that don't know, she shot for the Venezuelan national team. Uh, as a youth um, and of course she you know was on top shot and uh, is really really good advocate does a lot of other things nowadays but uh, had her own for example uh, as a, kind of an example of, a, of an adult I guess that has been on the show but um, I've had people in other countries that do shooting sports in other countries had a couple of kiddos from South Africa 
uh, that were shooting sports competitors. Um, my point with that, you had mentioned the zombie shoot up that way. And I, I remember the zombie shoot. I remember that being mentioned one time and I forgot which kiddo that was on the show that was talking about that. Uh, but is this your first time going to that zombie shoot? Yeah, this year will be my first time. Uh, heard a lot about it. I, the, the guys I shoot with here locally, I know they've been going for, I don't know, probably three, four or five years, something like that. But yeah, this will be my, my first time. And yeah, I seen that they, there's a lot of kids that go to it. So yeah, I got a little brother. He's what? Oh, 11 now. Oh man. And, he needs to be there. Yeah. Yep. Well, and, and I've taken him to two competitions with me and let him shoot. And he, he has, Falling in love. Yeah. So, so I'm hoping uh, to get him into it a little more. And then I got an eight-year-old daughter, and I actually just bought her uh, – well, I say I bought – I tell my wife about it for her anyway. Well, uh, she'd be – she would be lights out. I'm going to tell you that right now. So Yeah. That's, just, that's the one you need to work on. Bought her a little <laughs> uh, MPX. Okay. So I'm going to – the bad thing with those is if if the barrel's not 16 inches, you got to SBR them to shoot them in competition. Mm-hmm. So I got to get it get a stamp on it. But I think I'm gonna start start teaching her how to shoot that, and mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully that's something I can get her into. So, well, eight years old. I don't know if that's I don't know if there's any thing in your area, but eight years old is uh, the starting age for 4-H shooting sports. So uh, the way, if you're not familiar with 4-H and the way that works, and I'll just throw it out there, not necessarily, you know, asking you if you know or not, freak, but throw it out there for folks that don't, because I do like to put this information out there. So uh, 4-H is uh, always a part of a, an agricultural state college. Right. So like, for example, here in Texas, it's kind of a branch division of Texas A&M. OK, so um, and then every every state's going to be different as far as which college kind of is over that. Um, and then but every county or parish or whatever, uh, sometimes multiple. But here in Texas, it's, it's per county uh, for the most part. Uh, you've got um an agricultural extension agent for that particular university or college. Um, that would be who you would reach out to would be that agricultural extension agent and just say, Hey, are there any, you know, 4-H shooting sports programs around? Uh, and then if there's not uh, the biggest problem that um, youth shooting sports faces, and it's always been an issue, quite honestly, uh, is people getting off their rear ends and volunteering the time to do it. Um, it takes time to go through the training um, you know, you can go as high as, you know, you can go for one specific discipline, uh, to just coach said discipline at, on the state level, or you can go for that specific discipline to coach on the national level, or you can go, uh, for multiple disciplines, or you can go all the way up to be an instructor in all disciplines. I mean, you can take it you know, as high up as you want. Uh, the thing about it is, <laughs> The trip, the, the training, um, the training typically, once you get up into the higher level anyway, uh, because there's so few people to volunteer, usually the actual cost of the training is not that bad. 
uh, most will cover it and they'll feed you. You've just got to get there and you've just got to run a room or whatever it might be, wherever you got to go for that, which sucks. Um, but yeah, something maybe to look into. Freak. Well, and, uh, so my daughter, she, she actually lives an hour from me with her mother. I get her on the weekends and in the summer, but her mom, I, I'd never heard, I didn't know they did 4 H shooting sports until two, three weeks ago. Her mom sent a letter home with her when she sent it to my house and nice. Cause I bought her a 22 and you know, just started getting her into it. And right. And I was asking well, her, I was asking her what, you know, I'd never heard of it. So I was like, what, what do they shoot? You know, let me know what, what she needs. Yep. Air rifle, uh, small bore, uh, shotgun archery. You know, even the yeah. archery program is pretty banging. Um, the, uh, it's shout out to my youngest daughter. Uh, she won state archery. Uh, she's state archery champ her senior her yeah her senior year so um but anyway um yeah the only thing i mean living an hour away i'm kind of putting that in terms of, of texas and i know all states are different as far as the size of the county the only thing that is um that you would have to figure out if there was a club in the county you live in and the county she lives in is different um you you can't be in a club in multiple counties. Makes sense. Yeah. So, so she actually, you, yeah, she lives in another county. Yeah, she could join a club in your county, but she wouldn't be able to join the club in her county and the club. She have to should they should have to choose. So it's like pick one, right? Because yeah. I mean that would be like playing for the Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros at the same time. I mean, how's that work, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's another thing I got to talk to you about is just uh, sports in general this summer. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm going to have her all summer, then she probably needs to do softball up here. And, and uh, yeah, well, so I'll, I'll definitely have to look into it. Well, summertime is usually really busy for shooting sports, right? And it depends on what she's into, you know. Um, that's the, be- the beauty of shooting sports is you don't have to be tall. You don't have to be fast. You don't have to be strong. Um, and especially when you're talking about girls, girls excel at shooting sports. It's freaking phenomenal. Uh, and you know, I'm taking one for the team here, boys. Um, and just saying that, it, you know, can the boys beat the girls? Yeah, the boys can beat the girls. Um, but the girls are way more focused. Um, and the girls usually learn better fundamentals because they're a little bit calmer or not. Boys tend to get really excited about shooting a different gun or the new gun or whatever. I've got a friend that I kid you not. Um, he will shake uncontrollably. Um, if you, you know, if you get some, if you've got something that he really wants to shoot, you know, I'll, I'll be talking and I'll say, Hey man, I got this or that. He's like, Oh man, I've always wanted to shoot one of those or this, that or the other. And he'll come over and literally, I mean, you can, I need to film it one day because, um, I mean, he, he just he shakes uncontrollably. It's like he's having a seizure, and he doesn't even realize he's doing it. And it's just that adrenaline dump. He, and girls are just able to calm that, right? It's, it's, it's aggravating to an extent if you're a guy <laughs> because, you know, it, it almost appears like they don't care, right? But when you've got a girl in shooting sports that, you know, has, has achieved that level that gets that focused. 
well, you know that they care because they're nailing bullseyes. You know what I mean? And they're doing such a great job. It's like it's obvious that they, you know, they get up and they practice and they go to the the shoot. It's obvious they care, but you know, you wouldn't know that by watching them shoot. They just look so relaxed and like whatever. You know. I'm not gonna lie. My, the the first competition uh, I went to, my wife definitely whooped my ass. So. Yep. And I was like, what the heck? It can happen. I mean, it it's not happen. like that anymore. <laughs> right. But no, she doesn't. She doesn't. She hasn't been shooting as much as I have. But I told her, I said, you know, you you get into it. There's, I have no doubt that you could do well. <laughs> right. So. Right. G-Web's out there. He says, I would volunteer for 3H, but this group has too many H's for me. Yeah. 4H. That is head, heart, Health and hands. So, um, or hands and health. But either way, it's those four. So, how do I know that? Because I've been doing it way too long. Uh, G Web says I can post the Fud Life Bear because I'm a channel member, just one of the many shooting star. Yep. Um, and the more channel members we have, the more of those we could put on there. Uh, I'm just saying, I'm not saying you have to be a channel member, but. Yeah, uh, DJ, not sure what. Oh, DJ did it. He says, uh, yeah, head, heart, hands, health. Tough question for me. So there you go. And he's talking about quick quick pick 22. Not really what he's talking about there. But Keith Gregory jumped in, I see. So what is up, Keith? I think I said hey to Bakojo. Uh, Defense Dad says, yeah, almost every day when I pick uh, the kiddo up from school, she asked if we can go shooting. Um yeah, um, and I don't know. I don't know if we talked and you said if they if she was involved in 4-H or any type of shooting sports program. Mr. Sanchez jumping in the house out there, um, but yeah, something you might you might look into. I, I will say this: if you, it it can have its rewards. Okay, um, you know, if you've got a kid that is dedicated and focused enough, um. And especially if you can get them into a decent shooting sports program that you're involved in, I would I would definitely say that you need to be volunteering and involved in it. Um, you know, you're talking about uh, six figure college scholarships uh, at at state universities, anyway. Um, you know, out of state and stuff like that. Eh, maybe not. And we're talking about non-specific shooting sports scholarships as well. That's one of the other beautiful things. Uh, it's not like um, they get these scholarships and they have to go be a part of the shooting, you know, squad for a specific college or anything like that. Uh, a lot of them are like no commitment. They basically, as long as they keep their grades up, they have their scholarship, right? Uh, it's not contingent upon uh, actual shooting sports, which is kind of cool, too. A uh, lot of perks. Uh, and again, I mean, what are the odds that you're going to get a football scholarship or a volleyball scholarship or a softball scholarship, right? Uh, I venture a guess that the vast majority of kids would tell you and parents of those kids would tell you there's almost a zero chance <laughs> unless they unless they come out of the womb playing ball and they played ball every day since. Um, then maybe, right? And for a lot of kids in a lot of towns and a lot of communities, it depends a lot on your last name and stuff like that and your 
socioeconomic level as to who gets to play on those teams and stuff like that for organized sports. And the beauty about shooting sports is that it really is the great equalizer. We talk about Shaky Dave, which I hear Shaky Dave's having a, a hard time, so our thoughts definitely go out to him. But, uh, you know, Parkinson's and, you know, does competition shooting. Uh, there's kids in the wheelchair. Uh, there's a guy that does Paralympics that has no arms that shoots archery uh, and just just runs the table on people. So uh, it, it really knows no bound. It really is. You know, you talk about, you know, Sam Colt, uh, you know, made them all equal is what they say. And, and um, you know, in terms of that's that that was meant in the in the term in the terminology or in the way of self-defense. Right. That God created all men and Sam Colt created them equal. And most people think of it that way. But that also applies to sporting use as well. Uh, because a, a firearm is a great equalizer. Uh, a woman can use it just as good as a man can be just as proficient. Uh, and, you know, a weak kid can use it just as well as a strong kid. A, uh, you know, an able-bodied kid can use it just as much as a disabled kid. Uh, or just as well. Do just as well in shooting sports. So, uh, yeah. Go ahead, uh, Freak. Jump in here if you if you need to. Yeah, no, I agree with what you're saying. My daughter, she's she's eight years old. Uh, she's about the smallest. I think she is the smallest probably in her class. Um, she's probably what? Maybe 50 pounds. Um, yeah, and she she she's not totally into it yet, but I got her. I got a little 25 auto that she goes out and she shoots got her 22 like i said i just got her this mpx so i'm gonna see how she can handle it but yeah i agree 100 because my daughter she is definitely not not the strongest the biggest right any of that and well and you definitely mean, do it and you're you're absolutely right i mean it, it and that goes the same for any sport or anything else right you know i'm not for pushing anything onto your kids uh, they show interest in it, and it's something that they enjoy doing. Um, you know, being able to ramp that up and take that to the next level. Um, and at eight years old, she's not thinking about that yet, right? Yeah. But, you know, if she enjoys shooting now, and even if you join a team and you do some things, then at, you know, when you start getting into those teenage years, right, then you can start having a little more material level conversation about, hey, if you get a little more serious about this, right, uh, I know you enjoy this, blah, blah, blah. Here's where it can lead as far as your know, college, career, those sorts of things, right? Um, and then use that as a vessel or a tool from that point. And it's something that she's already used to doing, she enjoys doing, she's comfortable with. you know. And it's not just work. Let's be honest, right? Yeah. Um, DJ Playhouse out there says his brother was a 4-H member in Iowa. So that's awesome. Um, I never was. Uh, I pretty much bleed green as far as promoting 4-H and the programs and stuff now. Uh, I definitely have uh, had my share of what they call the green injection, which is a, basically a 4-H indoctrination seminar that's given every training session that they do. Um, but yeah, I grew up uh, as an FFA kid and was always FFA and this, that, and the other. 4-H was around. 4-H did stuff. But, you know, I never realized until adulthood and, and uh, you know, my own kid specifically 
kids, especially my youngest daughter, uh, that 4-H was, 4-H literally, you could start a 4-H club, literally, we talk about 4-H shooting sports, of course, but you could literally start a 4-H club on any particular hobby or subject or anything. Um, so if you're out there, you want to make an impression on kids' lives, right? Uh, and be a positive influence and role model and all that. I don't care if you love fishing or cooking or camping or sewing or whatever it might be. Um, you Again, you can go out and reach out to your, your uh, county's agricultural extension agent and say, hey, do we have a 4-H program here in the county at all? Uh, and, and if not, what do I need to do to start one up? Right. And they'll, they'll set you on that path and it could be cool. I think, I think this is the fourth year. My daughter's shown a uh, calf at 4-H, I believe. Nice. So she's, yeah. she's into 4-H. She likes it. So Yeah. So she already knows the, the process of most of it, which is cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're over the hour. Man, that went quick. So, um, before we get out of here, freak, do you, uh, do you want to plug anything, promote anything? Uh, got any last, last thoughts, final words before we bail? Um, I don't really have anything to, to plug or promote. I haven't started, started the channel quite yet. Um, hopefully soon for my wife, she's going to have to, she's going to have to start coming out with me and <laughs> help, help me get it rolling, do the videotaping and all that stuff. And, well, so as you're, hopefully, as soon, you're, uh, as you're moving along, I mean, if you need help, I mean, reach out to myself. There's, there's plenty of other ones. Defense Dad, you know, D, DJ, uh, G Webs, Papa, number of them, um, Swamp Dog, number of them out there in the, uh, in the chat, man. If you reach out to them, I'm sure they could help you with some, with some things to kind of get your sea legs, so to speak. Yeah. Um, my wife, she's totally, she's, she'd be better at a lot of it than I would. So I think she's willing to help me. And then also with her starting this small business, I told her, you know, it, it could lead into uh, helping it out too a little bit. I think, you know, making t-shirts, making cups, um, just getting awesome. her, her name out there a little bit too. Yep. So. Yep. So uh, yeah, with that, uh, I'm going to, uh, say once again, thanks to the Patreon patrons and the YouTube channel members. Um, and speaking of them, the uh, video drop soon will be the last video in the 2021 Shooting Sports Showcase series. Uh, if you had checked that out, I've got a playlist up actually for that. So you can hit that playlist and you can run through every single uh, video that came out of that event. But uh, yeah, the, the last and final one. It's going to be from the CMP or actually a review, a closer look at the CMP Marksmanship, uh, CMP Talladega Marksmanship Park. Phenomenal range. Uh, Tulsa's coming up. Wanamaker Tulsa Arms Show. Hopefully see a lot of you uh, there. Definitely hit me up if you're going to that. Let me know. Uh, let's communicate via text message or something. I can let you know where our media table is going to be and uh, all of that good stuff. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I've got other things. Coming down the pipe, uh, got several things that I've worked on with uh, with a few new companies that I haven't worked with before. Looking forward to working with them on some some various products. I won't give anything of that any of that away, I should say. 
uh, until it's it's actually happened. Uh, but uh, there are plenty of other things now that the shooting sports showcase content is kind of coming to a close. Plenty of other things in the queue and in the pipeline uh, to get out on some cool things from the um, the Axion Optics pistol flashlight to good lord this uh, range tech shot timer to some three inch shot shell testing on the Gerson MC312 sport shotgun and a bunch of other stuff so uh, also want to say everybody that watches and listens you guys are crazy I don't know what happened but uh, cowboy guns single action revolvers lever action revolvers that stuff on the channel been blowing up go fud life is what I got to say about that uh, it's crazy that I'm seeing the kind of traffic I'm seeing on that because in my mind, everybody uh, fancies the polygons and the, the ARs and stuff like that. And you guys are, are flat eating up the, uh, the old school guns. I love it because I, I like that kind of stuff. Don't get me wrong on the ARs, on the, the poly handguns and stuff like that. I like them too, but uh, there's just something about the, the steel and the wood and the, uh, classic iconic nature of those of those bud guns so with that we will uh hopefully catch you again next week again on the 12th uh this show is likely not to happen so just a warning on that and uh yeah for this monday anyway thanks for hanging out in the lounge and we are gone peace out thanks for having me